Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving week has arrived. One of our favorite weeks here on the Speed Street Podcast. I feel like in our almost three years of doing this, you have obviously uh, Indy 500 week is tops, tops all. Uh, But this is up there. This is certainly up there. Our Thanksgiving episode is full and fun, just as you're going to be hopefully this week with family and friends. I'm Joey Molinaro, producer Ben Walden here, Connor Daly, of course, for Speed Street, presented by Dirty Mo Media. And, uh, you know, it's always fun on this episode because, you know, besides Formula One, uh, which we're going to get into plenty of with Connor's experience there over the last week, besides that, you know, it's a very kind of off time of motorsport. So we get to just be able to, jab, you know, jive, jib, jab, and uh, kibitz about all sorts of different things. Uh, one of them being the Thanksgiving holiday, which is a great one. So looking forward to that. Thanks for being with us. Of course, can't go anywhere without Connor Daly. You're back from no, you're not back from Vegas. You're still on the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah, still out in out in LA. Uh, stopped by to uh, to see my lady out here because it's not a very far flight. Um, and then yeah, then I'll be home home for Thanksgiving. So yeah, it was a, it was a wild week in Las Vegas. It was a crazy motor racing event. So there was there's a lot to talk about, a lot of stories I want to tell. I feel like I was waiting for for you know the podcast to be able to tell you know, tell folks all that happened. It was a big one. It was a big one. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely looked like it seemed like it from the socials, from what's, what what was going on out there, not only from you, but from everybody else that was out there. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to, we got really two podiums this week for you, kind of the weekend podium and then a little bit of a Thanksgiving podium. It's not going to be food like we did last year. This is going to be the Thanksgiving podium of activities or traditions. So looking forward yes. to that very much. Uh, but Connor, let's start in Vegas. Um, just kind of want to open the floor to you, man. What stood out? Huh. What is uh, the the number one crazy story you got for us? Lay it on me. So thankfully, obviously, we got in an episode last week where we, you know, I had already done a lap in the car, uh, you know, around the track, which was cool. Um, but um, you know, I I, I want to kind of bounce some things off you guys as well because I there there was a lot that happened, right? A lot of a lot of very funny stuff. A lot of also crazy stuff, right? We 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 got into the, you know, first. Well, first of all, we got into the opening ceremonies, which was like a concert of just mass proportion. And I didn't even. We were having a rehearsal that night, and there was concerts going on. There were there were like all these massive artists: Kylie Minogue, Tiesto, John Legend, 
just yeah, Jay Balvin, all, all these people all of a sudden just one after the other. And you're like, all right, well, all those people I know cost a certain amount of money, which is an, an absurd amount. Um, but it, everything about Vegas, the, the race, and again, there are, there's a lot of still opinions about it, right? A lot of conf- conflict on the internet, but it was astounding. Like like everything they did was was high level production. It was high dollar, you know, fireworks shooting off of every casino's roof. Like I've never seen that before in Vegas. It was it was like like a New Year's celebrate. It was like a big. It was like New York New Year's Eve in the downtown Las Vegas. Um, you know they they did that for opening ceremonies. They also did it after the race. Um, but there was obviously. You know, right out the gate, there was a big issue with the track. You know, we we saw they literally ripped a manhole cover out of the ground, which got a lot of chatter. You know, they're like a lot of people quoted me saying it would be a fire fest. I got a lot of a lot of tweets about it. People did pay attention to this show. Uh, people were saying that I'm I called it. Now, again, it was only the first practice. I like Toto Wolf's comments. He's like, you guys are crazy for reacting to this. The first practice, he said, no one watches the first practice anyway, which is hilarious. Um, talk about a real one. You know, he's just being real. Um, and 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 you, you hated to see that, though, for the fans. Obviously, there was a lot of fans there late at night. And we were there late at night. I was, I was so tired, I was starting to hallucinate. Like, I was I don't know what I was going to commentate oh. on. I, and and they eventually released us. Obviously, the the second practice was supposed to start at two a.m. local time, which and then it, then it was two thirty a.m. local time, and then they told all the fans to go home at like two a.m. You know, by like one forty five or one thirty a.m. They were clearing the grandstands, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is this is gonna be a mess. And it was a mess. People were upset. People were unhappy. Um, but I was happy because I got to go to bed, but I tried to start watching the session at like in my hotel room. And again, I was like, I was so tired that I was like hallucinating. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I got to go to sleep. So I didn't watch the session at all. I, I fell asleep. And, you know, you woke up the next day and, and you're like Friday. Okay, Friday, here we go. This is going to be qualifying day. And you hope they fix the track. But, you know, what What did you see, Joe? Like, obviously you're a, you're a, consumer of what's on the internet you know and it was a big story right like i was like all right the track's messed up everything's crazy we're you know we got a penalty handed out to carlos signs which is i think very unfair still uh because a piece of the car literally went into his car and destroyed it uh you had esteban ocon as well changing a chassis because of the track like did you see the reaction of the internet i mean a pretty yeah aggressive turn on people yeah no i did i saw i saw a lot of the reaction i saw a lot of Bitching and moaning and complaining, um, you know, about how it's 99% a show, 1% a race, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, here we go, man. You know, I mean, yeah. you want to do everything you can to come over to America and have these races in these places where you know that it's got to meet a certain Formula One standard. And then because of that, you have to send a, spend a certain amount of money and dedicate a certain amount of time and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to always going to kind of have a chance for it to be a bit of a fire fest, in your words. Uh, but that's really all I was seeing. It was just a whole bunch of bitching and complaining. Yeah, and 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 I agree. I think there were people that were that couldn't wait for it to fail. As is there, there always there's always those people, right? <laughs> but I think you have to give an event, you know, some leeway, like just a little bit of like, hey, 
you know what? Something could happen, right? This is the first time ever. Like IndyCar went to Baltimore, right? IndyCar went to Baltimore to race over some railroad tracks. Now that could have probably been thought out a little bit better. Like that was a bit of a a difficult one, but they changed the track to make it work. And obviously we never went back there again, which was a challenge. But, you know, there are things that, there are things that can happen. You know, the Nashville race, I think we found after one year, obviously there were a couple things they adjusted for year two, uh, as lo- as will Las Vegas. You know, with a street race, you're not really going to nail it first time. Uh, it's just almost impossible sure. to do so. Um, but, uh, but, but they really did a great job with, with, with fixing it, right? Like catastrophic, difficult issue, yikes, world news. The track is, uh, you know, a heap of burning dog poop. And then, all right, we're going to come back and we're going to do the practice and we're going to qualify the final practice and qualifying. Now there were people already, like there were a bunch of fake news stories already, you know, spiraling that morning saying that, oh, is it going to be delayed again? It was like, no, everything was on schedule. Like it was, it wasn't a delay. There was nothing that was wrong. They fixed everything, uh, or at least did the best that they could to fix everything. And we got right back on schedule Saturday. And, and honestly, Saturday was a great day. Like it was, you know, a great practice session, a uh, great qualifying session. Uh, qualifying was very, very exciting. It was good to see. Uh, and you could just tell. So Saturday was like, Saturday was definitely the day where you started you started seeing the folks in the paddock. You started seeing the celebrity influence, all the people that are starting to be there that think that they're something for sure. And and people that are something. I mean, I was I I think I saw Brad Pitt on the Saturday for the first time. And 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 Brad Pitt walks fast. Let me tell you. I've never seen a, a human that walks faster than Brad Pitt with a train of dudes chasing him too. Like it's like, and not dudes that are trying to get autographs, like dudes in his crew. Like Brad exits the paddock club, goes to where he needs to go. And that man is walking with such purpose. And I I even put a tweet out about it because I was like, this is, this is one of the most astounding things I've ever seen. And I guess you have to, when you're so famous, you could literally probably like melt people's heads with, with your level of fame. But like also it's, that paddock is so full of like people that are people or people that think that they're people that like everyone is walking fast. And then those that aren't walking fast, well, they're just like me or pedestrians. Right. And it's, it's just, it's, it's just, it was a wild sight to see. You start seeing the people come in, they're all dressed up in these wild, you know, if you're rich enough and famous enough, you can just dress like a clown essentially. And like, it's totally fine. Right. So like there are a bunch of people with these wild dress ups going on. A bunch of and it's like okay this is really happening this is like vegas is this this is this is a this is a big event and it was funny to see it, it, you know you started seeing some athletes some djs some actors some people that you're like okay this is this is awesome but the product on track again was great like the qualifying session um you know was a good one and and, and, it, and it kind of set up a very good race for or Sunday. And then by the time Saturday night was over, I mean, we left the track at maybe like two 30 in the morning. The hours were some of the craziest that I've ever worked in my life. Like it, it was, it was something to where we had to be nocturnal. Like you, you get home every night at like three. If you want to have, you know, we, we wanted to get a drink with, with Hinchcliffe, my friend and Will Buxton, you know, we, we'd be sitting there and we go into sleep. You're like, Oh cool. We had like one drink and we're right now it's four in the morning. You know what I mean? So it was a, it was a crazy schedule to, 
to kind of have to deal with. And and for everyone, you know, there were people from the F1 teams themselves leaving the track after their night of work and their debriefs and everything at six in the morning, six, six thirty in the morning. I was talking to one of the strategists at, at the Alfa Romeo team and she was like, yeah, uh, basically slept from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then now back to like back to work. It's like that's th- those are wild hours. Like those are crazy hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, but hey, that's, you know, <laughs> duty calls when you're yeah. having to put on a big old event in Las Vegas and do it that way. It's just what you got to do, man. You know? All right. So, yeah, exactly. So. Did you talk to Brad Pitt? Did you stop him? Did you run down him? Run, run him down? Anything of that nature? Did not. I decided not to run down Brad Pitt. There were several people I noticed. Like I put a bunch of notes in my uh, in my in my phone here. But um, one thing that I I, I wanted to uh, point out as well was, uh, and, and and Amy actually, my girlfriend, she pointed this out. There's a, there's a certain leather jacket that was available for sale recently somewhere. That was a very like racing themed jacket, and she pointed it out. But it, every influencer was wearing the same jacket essentially. Like there was one leather jacket that said like speed racing on it, and I think I saw like. 14 girls i kid you not with the same jacket on and so everyone was trying to be a race fan this weekend no 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 team support but we was had to buy a cool leather racing jacket and that yep. was in full force so these companies these clothing companies they got big brains they think ahead they think hey we're gonna need these people to think that they're race fans and we're gonna make a racing jacket and it sold very well so i i literally saw the same 14 people wearing the same jacket or at least a jacket that was of of that nature. That was wild. Amy pointed that out. I couldn't believe it. Um, but other than that, I did not stop Brad. But I I tried to I tried to say hi to as many people as possible. But like, let's say for example, I was going to go say hi to a Formula One driver friend of mine who I've known for a long time. Right, Pierre Gasly. Right, Pierre Gasly, good guy. We raced F two together. Uh, great dude. Have a lot of time for him. I see him on the way in. You know, again walking at a pace of a hundred miles an hour. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go walk next to these people. And no one stops walking, right? And I and I still I still don't understand this because it's not like there's a crowd of people chasing him. It's just like he's just walking really fast to get somewhere. Like and I'm I mean I understand it, right? Like obviously the Indy five hundred yeah. is the only time of the year where we feel like we're really chased down and like it's really hard to like move places without stopping for 10 minutes. So I, I we as much as people might disagree, but we do actually feel that way for, for like one month of the year. Like there is a, quite a desire for us as drivers one month yes. of the year. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, or I'm walking and I'm like, yeah, man, good to see you. What's up? And he was like, he heard that I was at the casino with his boys, you know, on, on Monday night. He's like, how'd it go? I said, you know what? Honestly, man, it's been going great. And then I said, what are we doing after the race? And he just points up and I obviously there's a boom mic and four cameras. I'm like, oh, that's Netflix. Like, I <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying here. I don't know what I'm like trying to ask for after party questions to a guy who's being filmed by Netflix. <laughs> I filmed in 10 different ways. It might not have been Netflix. Who knows? But uh, I was like, all right, well, now I feel like an idiot. So I, I basically re- immediately kind of caught myself in the moment. I was like, oh, you're right. Like, hey, dedication, athleticism. We're going to rest a lot. Cool. All right. See you then. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like see, that's the stuff that we want, though. Come on, yeah, Pierre. I mean, exactly. that's why the cameras and the mics are there. You want that shit. Well, yeah. It was just, 
it was just a funny moment where I was like, all right, cool. Like that's, that's the one time I'm going to see those guys for again, for a year. Like it's just, you see everyone in such short spurts. Um, but it, I, I still don't understand formula one drivers have become so famous or they've been made so famous by, I think m m the majority of the European crowds for sure that like they can't stop moving. Like they can't, they can't ever look at people. They can't ever like talk. Like it's just, it, it's, it's constant. Do they not have the, um, the scooters, the Alexander Rossi scooters? They no, no scooters allowed. So this, so they got to walk except Ooh. for Lewis Hamilton. He's got his own like little razor scooter that he, will, that he rides. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I just figured that that would be, you know, I see a bunch of IndyCar guys. Rossi's got his little moped scooters. Yeah. Figured that might be the case, but they said, nope, you guys are out here with the people, huh? Exactly. But it, but it's funny too, because like, like you see the popularity of certain drivers, like, like Lance Stroll, for example, was one that I noticed, like was not necessarily walking as fast. He wasn't getting hounded by people as much. And so he, he didn't have as much of a difficult time. Good for you, but Lance. I, but I understand that, right? Like that's obviously we know that, Hey, Lance Stroll's a guy he's, and he had a great race on Sunday or Saturday night, but like probably not the most popular driver that's cared about, right? Um, same with like Logan Sargent, our American hero, our friend of the show, great guy. Uh, you know, after qualifying, was able to just kind of like catch up with him a little bit, chat about a few things. You know, he took a couple pictures with fans, but like right. the paddock's not necessarily overwhelmed with like people that are just autograph hungry, right? Like these are people that have a connection to some driver team or or something like you're not they're not just like offering paddock passes to you know just big fans of motorsport you know what i mean so sure. it's just funny how that world works right like it there, there's no access for no, like for people that just are are normal race fans right like it's it which is really kind of sad to see but it makes it's by it design huh i said it's by design though i mean that's yeah that's exactly how they and, want and, you know, you know it makes it hard to see your 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 driver, uh, your team, but it does feel. And again, this is where I think IndyCar is lacking a little bit. It feels cool to be in there. You're like, it's it's like this is just like an insanely cool place. They got lights everywhere. They got cool light up signs. They got fancy gates. They got you know everything. Yeah. It's just it just goes to show you that, and again I, I mentioned this before but like if you have, if you have unlimited money like you can just do anything with it like that's just kind of the phrase of the week of f1 it's like just dump unlimited money in this paddock dump unlimited money in the way it's set up and yep. it looks cool so you know th there was a ton there um you know and 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 after you know when we get into race day i mean the red carpet they had set up there looked like some i mean i thought i was at, at the oscars like i thought i was at some award show because you know, you get this list of people, and I even heard as well, which I thought was funny, but people were saying that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are supposed to be there because they're also now investors in the Alpine Formula One team, but I didn't see that. I, I didn't see that. I, I really wanted to see Travis or Patrick, but did not get to see them. Um, but just, you know, all the people walking in, you had Donnie Osmond, you had Wayne Newton, you had all the, all the old legends of Vegas. Then you had you know Rob McElhaney who was hilarious. He was right there. I was like five feet from him. I was, I, I respected him as a as a human. Um, it just a, an endless amount of people that you didn't know who they were. But if someone showed you who they were, you're like, why does that person have ten million followers? You know, what I mean? like I've never yeah, heard of that person right. in my life. You know what I mean? Right. Just just a a scene of all. See, you had at one moment too. 
during the pre-race, like I'm just walking around the paddock, it was like a music festival. You had, if people know DJs, you had Martin Garrix, Alesso, Tiesto, Marshmello, and I think one other guy, Steve Aoki, all chatting together. Like like some of the biggest DJs in the world, just like, what's up, bro? Like, how are we doing? You know, all, all these guys. So it was, it was a very funny moment. Because like me, I'm a music guy. I look at that and I'm like, well, that's awesome. And and like no one's bothering bothering them. They're just, you know, hanging out, catching up, having a great time with the boys. Um Were they just, dressed like assholes? No. Just, just they dressed wealthy. They where they look they look rich. Yeah. Well, you could make the argument that's one and the same. You dress like an asshole means you dress rich. I like most of them. So I Steve was wearing parachute pants. So I, I he he had these pants that were pretty wild that did look like wealth pants. Wealth pants. Asshole. Well, just like I, I like Steve. All right, I'll nice. say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. He was a nice Steve. guy. I will okay. not say that because they've been nice to me. So I will say that. <laughs> but they have an interesting. But, but way. I, again, it's not. It's like they've earned that right. Like you said, like yeah. it's not. I'm not calling them an asshole. I'm saying that because of how rich and famous they are, they can dress like assholes because of that. So it's not. That's true. It's a totally different. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, hey, Steve, you're yeah. an asshole. I'm saying, hey. You're rich and famous, so therefore you can dress and do dress like an asshole. <laughs> there you go. That's that's like there's a, I think that's a math equation somewhere. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> two plus two equals yeah. <laughs> equals dress like an asshole. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. wealth good. plus good. fame good. equals yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pants on. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, exactly. I uh, at one moment too. This is again. Uh, this is kind of going through my random stories. Uh, Jared Leto uh, walked right by me. I, I, I got to see his face, his like Jesus type beard. Looked very, very good looking man. I How tall understand. is he? Huh? How tall is he? I think he, I would say he is taller than me, but but not by a ton. Like I'm only five, nine and three quarters. So I mean. Taller he, than you, shorter than me? I would say he's, I would say he's six feet tall. Maybe. That's about, yeah, it's, I'm. Pretty much about yeah. as on the nose as you can be right there. So yeah, I would say he's six feet tall. And again, great looking man. I I didn't say anything because obviously I'm not like that guy to just stop everyone. Um, but I thought that was cool. Uh, also, Dax Shepard got to. Uh, if if people have followed me for a while, I got to take Dax Shepard for an IndyCar two seater ride in 2015. The day before I made my first IndyCar street course start at the Long Beach Grand Prix. And nice. so Dax and I, we used to exchange text messages. I, I got him there, got him in the car. Very friendly interactions. Uh, Dax had no idea who I was, for sure. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he definitely had no recollection, which again, I completely understand. I wouldn't I wouldn't remember me either. Sure. If that it's was been a while. Yeah, been a long yep. time. But great to see him there. Obviously, very funny human being. I, I think Dax Shepard is a is a great person. Um, as I look at more notes, uh, oh my gosh, yeah. So there's a Sean White story that I have to tell as well, which well, I, I have was an saving, I was saving for the podcast. Um, I, I think Sean White is a, a hero. As a is a hero, he's an incredible. I mean, a legendary athlete. American Olympian. Um, he is uh, also currently dating Nina Dobrev, right? Very famous actress. Uh, and th- 
there was a moment that I don't know if I was like just trying to be fr- like I wanted to take a picture with Sean White, but like Nina came to the Indy 500 in 2015. Like she knew Marco, uh, she came to visit with her boyfriend at the time, different boyfriend, right? And uh, we we all went out after the race that night after the race and i was like oh this is cool like this is fun we had a great time we we're at eight, we we're at revel downtown which is now in v in indianapolis Oof. i mean went to the nightclub uh dancing around having a great time and this is like i mean this is almost a decade ago now we're, we're getting we're getting older here uh-huh. and, uh and so as i'm taking a picture with sean i'm like i'm like hey sean like love to get a picture and first of all the picture he's like not even smiling and so i'm like all right cool like Cool. And then I'm like, hey, Nina, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, 2015 Indy 500. And she's like, yeah, I only came, I only went there once. So I definitely remember. I was like, all right, well, I don't know if you remember after the race, but, you know, you actually spent some time trying to teach me how to dance. And it, I, I just wanted to say, I thought that was hilarious. I really appreciate that. Funny to see you here now. And oh, she's boy. like, oh, are you a dancer now? I'm like, well, no, but my girlfriend wishes I was, but I, I, I definitely am not a capable dancer yet. But again, just wanted to say thanks for being nice. Thanks for being cool. And and it was like one of those things that you could tell that Sean, I, I remember him the whole time. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Like just kind of making noises like, uh, you know, like that agreeing guy. That's just like it was such an awkward situation because I, I never once said like, oh, I was participating in the race that day or like, oh, I'm uh, Marco's my friend. Like we were like there was nothing to make that connection. I just sound like a weird guy that was like, oh, yeah, I tried to like you know dance with you at the nightclub it's like no like we were actually like everyone was actually having a great time but it but i'm sure no one remembers but i remember because obviously they're very famous <laughs> yeah and so Tough. it was it was one of those moments that you know what i'm sure sean was like who the you know, who was that idiot and and she was like i literally have no idea it looks like a diabetic guy so <laughs> probably probably one of those moments i i don't know but it was it was very funny. I, I did at least get to say, you know what? Hey, I, I just, I was like, I just appreciated everyone for being nice. That was all I was trying to say. I was like, hey, you know what? This is something that lasted for me. Thought it was very cool that you were nice and everyone was cool. And yeah, it turned out it was an awkward moment. And you're also, what I've noticed, I don't know if you've experienced this, Joey, like if you've met, you've met a lot of really cool people in your life too, but sometimes you have to get in what you want to say in a quick period of time. And so you start saying words really fast and you're like, I have a story to tell or I have something that I want to tell, but I have to tell it in a very short period of time. And you miss yes. words. You're like, I-, I wanted to say something else, but I didn't say it. And I, and I, and I, then I, then I, then I look back at it and I'm like, well, I'm, I look like a complete fool now. Hold on. I'm sorry. I, I just got a text that I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Shaq Leonard just retired. That's weird. I'm pretty sure you just retired. What Sorry, would you say I, Shaq Leonard. <laughs> huh? What would you say to Shaq Leonard if you had to make a small conversation with him? <laughs> right now, I don't. The, this is wild. He just re, he just retired in the middle of the season on Twitter. The cold linebacker. That's wow. shit. It says Indy, I thank you, and then has a whole graphic of it. It says Maniac out. I'm thankful to play for such an amazing fan base. I love you guys and wish the Colts nothing but the best. Whoa. Okay. Oh. Uh, sorry. No, what I was about to say, Connor, is yes, yeah. that does uh, happen to me. Or what's funny is I'm sure you get this too as someone who is a professional athlete who has been in the public eye and stuff. When you get people who come up to you and then they're like, 
so you're on the Sean White end of it, right? To where somebody's yeah. like trying to say about how you, you exactly. saw me at this bar this one time and I told you about this funny video idea that I had and you laughed and I remember it and you haven't done it yet though. And then I'm like, oh man, like, okay, that sounds really funny. I'm, I'm sorry. So yes, I've been, I think it's, both of us are in a prime spot to be on both ends of the spectrum in this situation. Yeah, it's it's just funny how it works. Like, I, I, I've definitely known of people that have come up to me and tried to say something. And like, again, a lot of the times I do remember. I'm like, oh my gosh, that yeah, that's like really cool. Like, I'm I'm happy to know that, right? Like, I like yes. to put connections together. But definitely, there are some that people say to me, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But again, I'm I'm sure that it happened. I definitely am not discounting it. Right. Yeah. yeah. There were a couple moments where I was just like, "Man, I missed on that one. I definitely missed." And, and now I like I th- I literally think Sean White is one of the coolest dudes on the planet. Like I I'm so like he was one of the only he's the only person that I actually took a picture with. Like uh, of any of the celebrities that were there. And so yeah, it, it was just a funny moment. It was a funny interaction. Um, you should have said to him. You should have said, "I'm just talking about dudes, baby." That's what you should have said. When yeah. When uh, he was kind of giving you the like, oh, is that is that so? Oh, okay. To his to his girl, you should have just turned up and said, "I'm just talking about dudes, baby." And maybe that would broken the ice, or maybe he would have been like, "Oh, okay. I actually hate this guy even more now because he's yeah. making fun of my viral moment." Yeah, I it was... I, I, I don't envy you in this situation because yeah. I I would have been like, "Oh, fuck, that sucks." But yeah, it was it was it was a challenging scenario. It it was um. Just, just one of those things that I couldn't wait to tell on the pod because I think people will appreciate it. There were so many, there are just so many humans that you interacted with and humans that you saw, like the Blue Man Group, for example, right? Like we got to interact with the Blue Man Group a little bit. I didn't, I obviously know the Blue Man Group, right? Like you know, everyone knows the Blue Man Group. Those guys might have been the creepiest looking dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like when you see them up close and like all yeah. the blue is really blue and all they got is their beady eyes looking at you like just white like uh, it's like uh-huh. white laser beams shooting out of their face like it's 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 crazy to see and then like they, they were cool though like I, I i got to admit it although they look terrifying they were really cool guys like they they came up interacted with we were gonna do a tv piece of them but it took too long to come to us and then one of them handed me a marshmallow. So I don't know if that's like a friendly gesture, like if that's like handing over like a military service coin, you know, that you get. I was gonna say, they don't talk, over, right? They don't talk. Yeah, no talking. They don't even smile. You don't even see their teeth ever. So like you can't even, it's just them. And and like they had their touch up people around them putting like more blue on them. I don't know, but it was, that looked like a tough job. Like I got to give those guys credit. That looked like a tough gig. Um, but again, I was like, this is like the, one of the craziest things ever. We're sitting here in the pit lane, blue man group just hanging out like you know what I mean? like it was just a, a wild scene and and so for for everyone out there just to be clear the blue man group not the people who sing i'm blue and i'm a diva to die i don't think so yeah they're not yeah that's that's a totally different that's eiffel 65 classic misconception that. yeah classic misconception so just want to clear that up for everybody yes which it you would think i mean you, you see the blue man group you would think they're the ones who was talking about being blue it is not yeah However, it is not so just want to make sure everybody knew that it was on the same page yeah but so you we... got to meet sean white and saw the blue man group that's great yep. and 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 Shaq was there you had um 
just an unbelievable amount of people for race day. You know, the the vibes were high. It was, there was a ton of people there. Um, you know, from what it looked like from the paddock, at least, right? Like, like I never once got to go into any team hospitality unit. That was like one thing that was very different. They were kind of on an elevated surface. Never once got to visit in there. Um, got to chat with most guys though. Got to chat with Carlos Sainz a little bit. Obviously, Daniel Ricardo and I traded helmets, which was really cool. That was uh, that is now my most liked photo on Instagram. So appreciate those folks for liking that, that one. Yeah, that was cool. Daniel and I have been kind of planning that one for a while. Daniel and I talk talk quite often. He's a he's a great dude. Uh, had a lot of have a lot of respect for what he's doing and what has what he has done. Um, and respect his passion for bourbon as well. He loves he's a bourbon guy. So we've we've got along very well over bourbon. Uh, part of that trade was I gave him a bottle of bourbon as well. So that's just something that people didn't see. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was it, it. Was really good to interact with folks. And uh, yeah, race day. Getting into that real quick before we get to podiums. I mean, what else do you say? I mean, it, it was they had. A national anthem that was definitely pre-recorded. That was definitely not a. It was definitely not. We we saw it like it, they were playing the national anthem, um, you know, over the loudspeaker a couple of days earlier as as like a you know a test. But hey, that's fine. Still sounded yeah. good. Yeah. Um, did you, you do know, the collabro? Huh? Did you do the collabro? I did not do the collabro. No, <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. I didn't have any. I had a couple good lines that I snuck in there again. I sadly this wasn't streamed anywhere so again if people didn't know what i was doing i was commentating for all the at track screens so i was the dave Calabro, i was the alan bestwick of the indianapolis twitter speedway you know commentating on everything that happens on the track uh, all the big screens um and i got and i had a great team of people too obviously jonathan green and bob varsha bob varsha had commentated with my dad which was really cool back in the day and now he commentated with me um so there was just there was so much there that happened that was just a lot of fun but it was great to talk about and and i even heard from a lot of people too that were from indiana or from different different folks from all around the the ceo of the diabetes company that sponsors me mankind uh he was there he, he's like oh, i just saw you on the big screen like there there were more people there than i actually expected in in my network even as well um and joey did you actually know anyone that went did you have any friends that were there I saw random different. I mean, obviously, besides all you guys, like you and Hinch and Rossi and all them, um, but I saw uh, just random influencers that I follow who, like, have you know, I have like internet friendships with, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I've never met them personally, but like, we follow each other and like commenting on each other's stuff and whatnot. I saw a few of those, you know. So yeah. to your point, probably one of those people who had one of the leather jackets on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 like yeah. Daniel Mack, the guy who asks anyone who what they do for a living when they're driving really yep. fast cars. Got to spend a lot of time with him. Awesome dude. Like I, I he would send me a video every single time I was on the big screen. And uh, <laughs> he's a great guy. We also, dude, one thing I got to tell you too is the Red Bull that Red Bull Energy Station they had there. This Red Bull hospitality setup. Uh huh. There's chatter. They they told me that they want to bring it to the Indy 500, and this thing Ooh. is. This thing is millions of dollars. Like this thing is one of the coolest like areas to hang out I've ever seen. Like for a for a like a mobile unit that they build for a race. You know what I mean? And if something like that made it to the Indy 500, that takes us to the next level because that would be the only place you'd want to hang out. They had food all over the place. Like we got to get brought in there thanks to our our buddy Parker. Shout out to him. He's a great guy. Um 
brought us in there, showed us what was up. Um, and I mean, talk about, there's like three different floors of activities. There's like a DJ on each floor. There's like an interior dining area, all while out looking over the track. Like this would be someplace that's so big that you'd have to basically put it on the back straight of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Like, Ooh. let's just line it up down the back straight. There's no grandstands back there, but let's just put this Red Bull thing back there and sure. and let it have a great time. Like, it would be it would be an amazing look. But man, there was that was one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen. Had a nice pasta dish. You know what I mean? I had I had a nice little pasta dish while I was getting ready to go to the race. You know what I mean? Like, just an unbelievable sight to see. So Sounds Red like some Bull. RBVs to me, some Red Bull vodkas. No, I obviously was working. <laughs> but well, there no, was I, I was saying, I was saying for me at the Indy 500, oh, yeah, yeah. that's what it sounds like. There were several people, several people that were enjoying those as well. And uh, yeah, race, race time. I mean, everyone knows what kind of happened in the race. We can get into it a little bit, but there was, uh, it it was a great motor race. Now, honestly, for for Formula One. Um, I would say in general, it, it, a track that put on a great show, long straights, high speeds, kind of, you know, not a ton of character to the corners. Um, hated to see Lando Norris go out early. Uh, obviously, after celebrating his birthday on Monday night, we uh, I hated to see him go out like that and end up, you know, having to get checked out in the hospital. But that was, you know, that's part of street racing. The cars are heavy. The, he bottoms out on one of the bumps. I mean... That's just part of street racing. Like the when the cars are heavy, you know, that's the first time they've raced at the, you know, that maximum, maximum fuel load, uh, you know, cold tires, um, and things happen. So they they're gonna find that out for next year. Uh hopefully they'll smooth that bump out as well on the track for next year. Um, but uh, but but other than that, you know, there was a couple safety cars. So it made I, I what's funny and, and IndyCar fans can I guess appreciate this, but the second safety car that actually kind of guaranteed Max the chance at winning uh, and Perez the chance at a podium. That was very much like an IndyCar safety car. Like you had some people able to take advantage of that, some people that went long and were able to pit. Um, it, that was such an IndyCar type yellow because Stroll took advantage of that. Perez took advantage of that. The Williams cars got killed by it. A couple people that had already pitted, um, you know, got, got really destroyed by that. But there was no other stops to make after that. So realistically, you know, that that kind of set the race from then on out. Charles Leclerc, he obviously had older tires at that point, so he was never going to be able to defend like he was at the beginning for the win. Um, so it kind of was, oddly enough, a street race kind of ended up being like an IndyCar strategy type race where some people stayed out long, got the yellow that they needed, and, and ended up being on the podium. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was really interesting to see. And Charles Leclerc also with an amazing last lap pass uh, for second as well. Thought that was that was a fantastic move. Um, I, I think people were happy. I, I think after the weekend, there was a lot of people on social media that, that were pumped about it. Uh, even Max Verstappen was singing in his race suit. You know what I mean? After he's singing, welcome to Las Vegas or whatever, Viva Las <laughs> Vegas, after he said the whole thing was a was a terrible program. Like uh, Max was getting real aggressive. I, I I don't know. I, I like Max a lot. I think I think Max is a great friend, good dude. Can never talk to him on race weekends though because he walks too fast. Um, fast but, walker. Uh, yeah. I, I I do respect what he's saying. I I think there is a lot of the passion for the sport and the passion for the purity of motorsport that is missed with the show, and and some of that. But also, if you want to keep making fifty five million dollars a year, 
you need the show. You need the people to care. You need the people to come and post about it and do all that stuff. So there's definitely a 50-50 balance of what do we need to help people appreciate the sports purity, but what do we also need to make sure people want to come and give us all of their money so we can all continue to have jobs, right? Because we don't have jobs without the spectators, the promoters, the event, everything like that. The TV, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And it makes Absolutely. sense, right? Yeah. So it's, I mean, you've seen both, so like, it, how, let me, how far would you say off for, you know, you've been and you commentated on an event out there in Vegas for Formula One? Obviously, you're a huge part of the Indy 500 year in and year out, and you've been around that your whole life. You know, how far off are we in terms of matching that kind of event in terms of the uh, all the stuff that you just talked about with the influencers and the show and the people coming? Because we know the spectacle and we respect that. And obviously that's already beyond. But in terms of kind of the modern approach of the Red Bull giant facility and the influencers everywhere and the famous people everywhere, like, how, you know what I mean? Can, can we get there? Well, I think the Indy 500 is still way above Vegas, right? Like, the Indy 500 is still the biggest event in the world by a long way, right? That Like, Vegas tried to copyright infringe the Indy 500 by greatest spectacle in racing, trying to say, like, the greatest racing spectacle or whatever it was. So, yeah, you know, they they, they had, like, some cool stuff, right? The, it, it was very glitz and glamour. But, like, there was not a ton of like there you can't fit that many people there for the race right they said there was like 300,000 people in attendance over the weekend I, I would say that's a bit of an aggressive number I I didn't see that many people there honestly other than in the paddock right um but uh I, I think you got to also remember that a lot of these celebrities a lot of these folks are paid to be there so you know when we have the Indy 500 we also pay people to be there right like we also pay celebrities to be there but I think if we get to a point where we have more like partners of the series, right? Like let's say GameBridge or let's say, you know, bitnow.com or, or, or whoever it is, PNC bank, like all of those companies also need to bring like their own, like, Hey, we're going to give, we're going to give our, uh, we're going to give Brad Pitt 50 grand a year, a hundred grand a year, but he has to come to the Indy 500 with us. You know what I mean? Like something like that. (laughs) You like Usain Bolt is there at the race for, uh, you know, for Heineken, right? Like, so that, like there's a bunch of, you know, partners that bring their athletes in that they already pay, you know, to be representatives for them. So I think we need a little bit more of that. Like we, we, we can definitely get people to come to the races as long as we make it worth their while. Right. And then they, and then they might enjoy it. Like obviously a lot of these celebrities have kept coming back, so it's easy for them. So we want to make sure we, you know, put on an enjoyable product, which we do. We obviously know the Indy 500 is like the greatest spectacle in racing, the biggest race in the world, like literally by the numbers and everything. Um, So I I think we still have such a great handle on that, but there is, there's definitely some, there's a few elements that are like, man, this is like really cool. And like the way there is maybe some restriction to the paddock area for those that are, you know, I, I never want to say restrict the paddock area, but there's something about getting yourself like maybe there should be another area that's like an extra VIP area. You know, like like the driver's green room before the Indy 500, right? That's a very specialized area. Like if you're in there, 
you know, Blake Shelton was in there with his wife, you know, like, and, and we had a, you know, a couple celebrities and just the drivers. Now we're not going to open up that room to anyone because it's tiny, but I feel like you, you got to create this like aura of like, Hey, wow, these, this is like the, like the next level of, of stardom. I don't know. Cause like we, we need some of that superstardom that those guys have like, and, and I don't know what the best way to create it because like, again, I'm never going to say, Hey, like we got to stop people from coming in the paddock, you know, because that's stupid. Like we, we want, uh, we want our sport to be accessible. That is what we can sell right now is the accessibility of our sport. Um, but like, we don't have the superstardom that they have, right? Like we don't have the uh, mass followings that these drivers have. People are going literally crazy. There's a bunch of psycho F1 Twitter accounts for all these kids that just basically use profile pictures of their favorite drivers. And all they do is yeah. find random weird stuff on the internet to tweet about each other. And it's like terrifying, but that's because all these drivers are so famous and they can all talk within their own little communities about the, the, every act that every driver does you know what i mean so yeah you know there's a little bit and that is sad and crazy and f1 twitter is the most toxic place on the internet but you know that that means that they're all super famous so i, I don't know we we, we got to find a way to maybe just kind of continue to elevate but i talked to roger penske there you know talked to roger penske oh but nice they were there you know big Raj was there um you know it was funny at one moment in the indycar paddock right out in front of the mercedes uh, garage area. It was uh, me, Rossi, Kyle Kirkwood, Roger Penske, just all having a chat. And I was like, "All right, we we brought IndyCar here. Like, we this is the IndyCar corner. About it. Ah, this is the IndyCar corner. Love that. But yeah, it was a good time. We had a nice little event. And before we get into our podiums, we can get into the podiums next because I, you know, that's I, I could talk all day about the Vegas F1 race. There was so much stuff that happened, but gotta gotta shout out the um, shout out the Sergeant brothers, uh, Logan Sergeant, obviously for Williams and, and Dalton Sergeant, his brother. Um, great folks went out with them after the race. Uh, how about this too, Williams? It was kind of wild. Like there was a like Michelob Ultra, who was a partner of mine for the month of May. Uh, there was an event that the Williams drivers had to go to, I think, like after the race at like 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> like that's like the first official appearance that I think I've heard of like post 2 a.m. Because <laughs> they were obviously Classic. at the track doing debriefs. And I show up to this event and it's it's probably three in the morning. And uh, thankfully, I, I saw Alex, Alex Albon's girlfriend out front. She was being like not let in. And I, I got to meet her last year in, in in Austin, Texas. Super nice girl, professional golfer, incredibly talented human. We eventually go into this uh, nightclub for like five minutes because that was like the end of their appearance. And we're like, all right, cool. And then we left. So got to uh, got to see what an official appearance is like for F1 folk, which again, great to see Alex Albon and Logan Sargent after the race, having a great time, but also kind of wild that they yeah. had to be there. As what did you get paid for that? Like 150K? I don't know. I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> but good to see a hey, sponsor activations. We love it. Let's let's do more of that in IndyCar. Let's have maybe Michelob Ultra do more with me next May. Who knows? We'll see. Um, yeah. yeah, shout out to Logan Sargent again. I, I keep talking about the game craps because obviously I told stories about, you know, teaching Lando to play last week on the show. Logan Sargent and I also got into the craps game, uh, and 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 got to got to got to witness Logan go on a wild run of craps. Uh, enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed to see his success, obviously at craps, because I was not as successful. But uh, it was it, it was a great time overall. I, I definitely can't complain. 
Well, we got to mention as well that producer Ben, the uh, child that he is, um, thought that it was crabs, right? Yeah. Is that what she thought it was? Yeah. So we got a text after last week's episode. Uh, oh, thank you for teaching me that it is actually uh, craps and it is a game that you play. So well, yeah, we, we, is a game. we teach it's the young not... guys something. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, either way, it's a weird name for a gambling game, crabs or craps. I mean, there's there's some weird connotation to it, so- Fact that you thought it was crabs though is still very concerning. Like we gotta like we gotta teach these kids more in school. Like what, come on. What else do you think? <laughs> what what else are you wrong about? I'm I'm curious to hear I don't what know. your twenty two year old mind. We can thinks. only find out. This show is for finding out. I mean it's I true. I only had my first Vegas trip earlier in the year, so I'm learning. But you know, you get me on a poker table or a blackjack table, I know my way around. So we got that at least. There you go. You you want to play craps. You don't want crabs. That's Correct. the distinction yes. there. That's, yes, yes. Thank that's you just that. science. That's just right. science. Right. All right. Um, well, good stuff. Boots on the ground reporting and stories and parties and experiences and interactions from Connor Daly out there in Vegas from the big Formula One weekend. I guess I'll, I'll finish with this, Connor. Yes. Overall, the entirety, success or no? Oh, I'd say resounding success. Yeah, I would say started rough. You know, we had a bit of a dip, started rough, um, but I mean, ended the ending with the the Bellagio fountains, the podium with fireworks. The entire city was shooting fireworks off the tops of their casino. I mean, it was like nothing I've it was like nothing I've seen before. Yeah, west of the Indianapolis five hundred. You know what I mean? So like, sure. It was uh, it, it was an incredible sight, and honestly, very cool to be a part of. I, I worked with a great team of people. Um, you know, being a part of Formula One. You know, again, we obviously we'll, we're honest about motorsport here in this show. We obviously know that a lot of that racing has been bad, and they will also admit that it has been bad. But this was a good race. It's a it's a it's a good community to work in. I've enjoyed working with a lot of those folks. Obviously, James Hinchcliffe is there too. Got to hang out with Hinch a ton. Will Buxton, one of my long, longtime friends from racing in Europe many, many years ago. Um, and a lot of the people, you know, one of my number one mechanics in GP3, you know, is now working for Williams. You know, people that I've, I've worked with before, it's good to see everyone there, um, you know, that you only see kind of once a year. So I would say a resounding success overall, I, I, I would say. There you go. All right. Very good. Um, what is that time? Let's hop into because we got a special one for you guys this week as well. With it being Thanksgiving week, like I said off the jump, uh, we got the weekend podium, and then we got the Thanksgiving tradition podium. Um, so let's just start with the weekend first, and then head to Thanksgiving uh, since that's kind of our finality here. Finale here going into uh, Thursday this weekend. Yeah, so for me, P3, this is an easy one. Um, there was a coffee stand in the middle of the F1 paddock that was just doing free coffees. And this, for a night race, was potentially the greatest thing that I think I've ever seen. No no charge, just people brewing coffee and handed it out. And they were also making espresso martinis for people, too. So, like, if you were there, maybe you know, recreationally having a nice time, you could have an espresso martini in the middle of the paddock for free, no charge. Uh, so I thought that was a fantastic addition to the paddock. 
uh i i had enough coffee to like electrify an entire continent worth of people um so mm -hmm. it was hugely used <laughs> i can imagine i don't even know what it was that. called good on but them. it was great <laughs> good on them for knowing you know the the, the presence knew. of mind and you know, like they needed that um <clears throat> All right, my not, mine is uh, we're just gonna give it to uh, P three to Thanksgiving week in general. I really think starting Sunday of Thanksgiving, like leading into Thanksgiving week, it's 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 just a great time to be alive. You have a short week coming up. A lot of people maybe Monday, Tuesday. A lot of people are already out of the office on Monday. It's just a bullshit week. You're setting yourself up for the holidays uh, leading up to into great stuff. So number three, starting on Sunday of Thanksgiving week, leading into it, you just got a big 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 shout out to Thanksgiving week P three. I love that. I love that. Ben, you uh, got a voice for it? Ben, you're dying, but do you want to mention any any podium moments for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll I'll give my one uh, what I can do. Um, I was in um, South Carolina this past weekend for uh, a late model stock race. Um, it's like the South Carolina 400, and we got out super late. But, um, you know, to make the drive back home my two hours, I had my first Bucky's experience. If you guys have been oh. to Bucky's. They have one in South Carolina and Florence, so check that out. I was there pretty late, but got to enjoy the pleasantries of of what Bucky's has to offer. So, all right, I love that. Good for you, yeah. Bucky's. Is did, big old first like place top, podium for Bucky's. Yeah, yeah, yeah top yeah, five put, place yeah. to visit on my life. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Nice. I like that. Well, good for Ben. Poor Ben is dying, so we're gonna not <laughs> not let him talk a lot. Uh, so P two for me on the on the podium. Um, I found out these these stages that they were using for the like opening ceremonies, driver introductions, and like all kinds of crazy stuff. There were these there were these things that you drive with like joysticks and like there are LED boards all around them, and you can get in them and like be raised through the center. Five million dollars per one, like per stage. So. Yeah. Shout out to these $5 million stages because they were like the coolest things ever. They raised the drivers in opening ceremonies and lowered them down like through them. They had concerts being performed on top of them and you could all just like drive them around with a joystick. Like we saw them all parked in the back of the paddock and we're like, damn, what are these things? And sure enough, incredible $5 million stages. So P2 to these $5 million magic stages that people fly in and out of. Hey, just chump change. And they light know, up. Quick $5 million. Never, never quick heard Five mil, it. and there was like yeah. eight of them there. So just easy money. Unlimited money always wins. <laughs> uh, my P2 goes to uh, Dave Filoni. Uh, not new on my uh, podium list, but he was just um, announced that he got promoted to the chief creative officer for Lucasfilm. So hopefully uh, a lot of prayers have been answered that he is just going to be in full direction um, of Star Wars and all the creative side of it moving forward in order to hopefully get Kathleen Kennedy out and tell stories that people actually give a shit about and like uh, like he has been doing. So uh, Dave Filoni taking over Star Wars, got to be up there for me, P2. There you go. All right. Well, well Moving on to P1 for me, I think this is a big moment. And there there could have been a couple moments here. I, I have like a P1 and then like a P1 subcategory. Uh, I'll start with the P1 subcategory. Uh, and I'm just going to call it Indy 500 shirt guy. There was one guy the entire race weekend in Las Vegas that I saw wearing an Indy 500 shirt. So shout out to Indy 500 shirt guy. Uh, it. respect that you're out here carrying the brand, uh, for us. 
in the middle of Las Vegas, which was literally every two or three people were wearing F1 merch. It was yep. astounding to see how much merch money was being made. But again, F1 merch is cool. So like I get it. I, I would want to wear a Red Bull jacket too because it looks cool. So shout out to Indy 500 merch guy. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah, love to see it. Um, also, regular P1 was not losing money in Las Vegas. I, I think I, I I managed to go through a week, uh, almost seven, eight days, um, you know, I brought, I, I like to bring some, some cash out that I, that I've accumulated through my life. Uh, you know, just little bits here and there, enjoy some games with the boys. Um, and, uh, and, and happen to basically go through the ebbs and flows of the week, ups and downs, you know, as you do ride the wave, uh, and end up at exactly even. So pretty much nothing happened, uh, which is a, I think a wildly successful trip to Vegas. So P1 to me for not being a degenerate. Atta boy. Good for you. That's, that's a great go. way to come home for the holidays. Just even Steven, even ready Steven. to go. And technically, I'm in the green because I obviously got paid to be there. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. So very that's, much that's in the green. Point. That's a good point. Uh, my number one goes to, uh, we had we had, we had had Dave Filoni in. My number one, my P1 goes to Matt Canada being out. Uh, the go. Pittsburgh Steelers have done something <laughs> that they literally have never done. The last time they did this, an end season firing was 1941 when the guy fired himself. Um, so this doesn't happen. This is literally like, I mean, you're seeing something that it's like, uh, what are they, the, the eclipse or whatever the hell that everybody's obsessed with, with the moon and the sun and all that. Yeah. Um, this doesn't happen. Uh, Matt Canada out though. So uh, that's one part of the problem. Uh, out the Steelers did something about it. They did. They put aside the whole we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they just said, "Nope, this is too bad. We got to be done. We got to move on." And now we got the last seven games to evaluate whether or not Kenny Pickett can can actually do it without the hindrance of Matt Canada. So this is all good things. Uh, but it started with Matt Canada being out. That is that is uh, foregone. That is done. Um, so P one to him being out and the Steelers actually making a move upon it. I didn't have any racing stuff in here this week. It was all uh, personal stuff to me, essentially. But P1, Matt Canada being out. I knew Steelers fans were going to be excited about that one. I, that's one yeah. I pay enough attention to the football world to know what Steelers fans are going to be happy about. <laughs> it's, abysmal. it's abysmal. Anyways, but it's all good now. It's all good now. Yeah. Um, um, all right, so should we go into the Thanksgiving edition of the podium? Well, I hope that you guys are listening to this episode as you're traveling yes. to family doing whatever you do on the Thanksgiving. Maybe you're playing this on the loudspeaker at under, uh, you know, for for Thanksgiving dinner. Probably not, but maybe that maybe that's on the Bluetooth. Who knows? Um, you want me to start, Joey, with a P3 yeah. of Thanksgiving activities? We yeah. might have a couple of the same ones here, but P3 for me is the Lions game. I, I, I'm a big Lions game guy on Thanksgiving, uh, yep. and now, obviously, the Lions are successful. So... I enjoy watching the Lions football team, and you just know that it's Thanksgiving when you're watching the Lions play. Uh, I, I I I enjoy that activity. I, I love football, and I'm actually enjoying watching the Lions. So this one, even more, I even enjoyed watching them when they sucked. Like, didn't care. It was like, hey, yeah. it's Lions season, you know? Just means it's Thanksgiving. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to stay uh, pretty similar here in the football route, uh, but uh, my number three in the Thanksgiving activities podium is talking shit about the Cowboys with your uncle. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, that, that always, you know, that always plays, you know, especially <laughs> plays. It could play with an uncle you're trying to connect with. 
You'll play with uh, a future father-in-law that you're trying to start a conversation. Um, that's always a good combo starter. It's always, you know, an easy play um, is to be able to just talk about how, oh, we got to watch the Cowboys again this year. Everybody loves to put the Cowboys on national TV, and Jerry Jones is so annoying. Is uh, Dak it's a an top easy five play. quarterback? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's an easy play, and um, I, you know, it's, it's something you just got to do every year. So that's number three. I love that. I love that. Um, I <laughs> number one. I oh, yeah, okay, let's I'll go. do my one and let you guys go. Um, this is kind of funny, but my uh, my dad's side of the family, when we would do Thanksgiving growing up, they always had like a a poker, blackjack slash cards like hour or two. Oh. And that was always for the adults. And then we got pushed off to the kids' room to play our board games. So oh. I, you know, when I went to college and you know moved to we moved to North Carolina, I didn't get to join that tradition. But that was always the after dessert thing that I miss out on. But that was always my favorite because I was like, I want to like play some cards with all the adults. So, but you know, maybe that's one I'll start with my own family. But gotta have gotta have some card games afterwards. Yeah, that was my favorite. So, I respect that. Okay, well, I'm gonna yeah. hop in there after that for you, Ben, because my number two, and I'll let Connor do number two. My my P two for Thanksgiving activities is euchre. Uh, just specifically euchre, Indiana yep. Midwest thing. Uh, you know, you're always down after you got yourself all nice and full. Uh, there's a little lull in the action. You can scrounge up four people to play a quick thing at Euchre, and it's always a good time. Yeah, Euchre's great. I, I completely agree. I, I, am, I am all in on that. Um, number two for me is uh, the nap in between football games as well. The the nap that you in- inevitably have after a bit of lunch, you know, the Thanksgiving lunch, maybe, maybe you have Thanksgiving at like cool. 2 o'clock, right? And then there's a nap that happens before the later game in the afternoon. That's just kind of like uh, my favorite thing to just shut shut down for a little bit, shut the motor down, just you know, just for a little bit, a little little Thanksgiving nap on the fam on family's couch. You know what I mean? It's a it's a highly uh-huh. a highly enjoyable activity. Yes, that's that's a good one. I always run into it. A little tougher when you have a one year old. Also, yes, uh, yeah, running around like. We, we just have so many that we have to hit. It's like we don't really have that lull in the action, you know? But yeah. I, I'm 100% with you. If you can get a couch in a 40-minute, you know, to an hour window, hit it up. Absolutely. Definitely worth I the Thanksgiving that. tradition. Um, one for me on the Thanksgiving podium, uh, uh, one has got to go to stirring the pot. Um, and I'd not, uh, I mean, you good. could, you, you could use one. it for actually cooking, you know? Like, you could do it that way, but I'm more so meaning – like just throwing in the little subtle jabs to like your aunt to kind of get things rolling, you know, like to kind of yeah. get her huffing and puffing and then like more of, uh, of people getting just a little pissed off, you know, like you're not <laughs> the one causing the scene. You just like, you know, if you have somebody who's really Republican in your family, which I'm sure we all do, you just kind of like, yep. oh man, this time I was going to stop and get gas before we got here, but these prices are insane. Yeah. And then you have your uncle, and he goes off on a thing, and then everybody gets into it, and it's really funny. So number one for me, you can do it every year, no matter what the situation, no matter where you're at, who the family with, stir the pot, always fun. Absolutely, no, that's a good one. There's definitely always some, you know, some interesting conversations that began, and also end in, in a very interesting way too. You, you you really see people's feelings put out on the table. You know what I mean? You got you got turkey, uh-huh. you got stuffing, and you got emotional distress. You know what I mean? Like right there, like it's all it's all in the and same. And that's Thanksgiving. And that's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um. So number one for me is is a game that I played more of when I was a a younger lad. Um. 
we as a whole family would literally play, and I say that word way too much, literally. That's I gotta I gotta eliminate that from my vocabulary. But I'm actually saying what I what we do is play about six on six, eight on eight football in the backyard. Like I thought for many years I was gonna be a wide receiver in the NFL purely from catching passes in the backyard, right? Like I'm like, you know what? Sure. Marvin Harrison doesn't have anything on me. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to use my, you know, one handed catch to be, you know, some film, maybe we'll put this on the internet, whatever it is. Um, family football games for a long time uh, have been some of my most enjoyable times out in the backyard. Just get, you know, get in the mud a little bit, get in the dirt, get some grass stains. Uh, you know, it's probably a little chilly, so we got to have jackets on. Um, but, uh, you know, rough up the brothers a little bit, you know, I got three younger brothers, you know, maybe feed them a shoulder and, you know, maybe, oh, it's only two hand touch, but you know, someone's in the ground crying. You know I mean? That, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's some of my most enjoyable Thanksgiving memories. We, we were lucky enough to have a yard. So let's get out there and, and, you know, throw the rock around a little bit. That's good, man. That's, that, that's true. That's some Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, all America stuff. Everybody in my family is just too lazy to do that so i don't really ever get to enjoy that the most i'll get maybe is like i'll toss the pigskin but we ain't ever actually like line it up and running post routes you know what i mean oh yeah we're I'm, so i'm jealous we are so running jealous. post routes like we're, running, just, we're designing plays you know uncle john had to be the quarterback because you know he wasn't very quick on his legs you know doug bowles is sometimes a quarterback president of the speedway he, he could sling could it that he could sling it Smart I bet guy. Doug Bowles would give a mean play call in the huddle, man. I bet oh, he yeah, would yeah. absolutely knock that shit out of the park. Great set of audibles too. He's like, you know, he's got he's got all of his options. Absolutely. All right, so there it is. Our <laughs> Thanksgiving activity slash tradition podium to go with our weekend podium for you guys when you're on your trip, you're flying, driving, going to and from, you know, over the river to the woods, the grandmother's house we go, all those things, listening to the show. Uh, as always, hope you enjoy it and hope you send them, send us yours. We'd love to hear yours, uh, at yeah. speed street pod at Joey Molinero, Connor daily 22. Um, right. Uh, you know, the handles, everybody follow. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys know, just look it up. You guys know. All right. Um, uh, with that being said, let's do our, uh, random any 500 driver of the week. Yes. Let's get into it. Uh, appreciate you guys dealing with this. I know I don't have my mic, so the sounds a little bit different, but, um, I'm trying to get it up, get it done. Love doing this show. Uh, this 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 week we are. What year is this? This is the 1975 Indy 500. 1975 Indy 500 won by Bobby Unser. Obviously, we know Bobby Unser. The top three in this race were incredible. Top four were incredible. Bobby Unser, Johnny Johnny Rutherford, AJ Foyt, Poncho Carter, incredible. Uh, um, but I went to a driver that we have not talked about yet. And that driver's name, I just lost on the results, but <laughs> I'm going to find him. Uh, his name's Bill Pewterball. Bill Pewterball. Whoa. Bill Pewterball finished seventh in this race. Bill Pewterball. Interested. I, I feel like I've heard this name at least several times before. Um, Bill Pewterball was an American race car driver in the USAC Championship Car Series. 67 through 71. 75 through 77 and the 79 seasons 31 career starts he had just a few indy 500s the 1975 through the 1977 indy 500 
Um, and finished in the top 10 11 times with his best finished sixth position in Springfield in 1968 and 69 at Sacramento. Um, also, his seventh place in the 75 in the Apple 500 earned him Rookie of the Year. So, 8500 hey, Rookie of the Year. That's big. That a boy. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, though, you look at, look at what he tried to do, which is pretty wild. He tried to make the race in 68, 70, 71, 72, all the way to 74, and he didn't make the race until 1975. But it's incredible that people back then just kept on coming. Like, hey, let's just we gotta keep giving it a shot. He's a Josh Dobbs of the Indy 500. Just, just per, per, perseverance. perseverance. Bill Peterball, Josh Dobbs go. of the Indy 500. Yeah, oh absolutely. God. That's something I didn't right, expect there to it today. Is. <laughs> Bill Pewterball uh, passed away October 9th, 2017 in Brownsburg, Indiana. So rest in peace, Bill. Uh, thank you very much, Connor. All right. Uh, good stuff. The annual Thanksgiving show in the books. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a marvelous, wonderful, restful, chaotic to a certain extent, but not enough to ruin the day Thanksgiving. Um, don't forget to stir the pot just a little bit. Just add a little bit of spice in there, a little bit of paprika. Maybe a little bit of, you know, whatever you got to uh, make some fun of the day. But seriously, we appreciate you guys. We're thankful for you guys. Uh, and uh, hope you enjoy the heck out of your holiday weekend, your Thursday. And um, until next time, we will talk to you on Speed Street. A new episode of Next Level with Andrew Curland is out now. Be sure to follow wherever you listen to podcasts and never miss another Next Level conversation. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty mode.